Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another Tackle Dropdown edition of the Russell Lions Podcast. I am your host, Agent Frost, along with my tag team partner this evening, Big Daddy D. How's it going, guys? Um, Sorry, Queen B can't be with us, so the boys are flying solo. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's card goes advertised. We are going to review NXT TakeOver 31 as well as talk about this week in wrestling. A lot has happened, but before we do that, per the usual, we got to kick it off with the pre-show. Breaking news coming up next. Welcome to the pre-show, everyone. Breaking news. Pre-show. Yes, pre-show. So, um, we're going to roll it over to one of my favorite segments for a couple of reasons. Big D's College Predictions. Dun-da-da-dun. Dun-da-da-dun. So, um, he predicted week four. And let's see how he went, because we already saw week five. We skipped it, and we will get to that uh, reason why. But let's talk about week four. You had Alabama taking on Missouri, right? Yep. And uh, Alabama won by double points. So you get half right on that, because you predicted by 30. Uh, yeah, I was close. Kansas State versus Oklahoma. This is this might be your first loss. It is my first loss, but I'm okay with that loss because it was. I watched that. Game. It was a great game. Yeah. And um, was there any doubt that the Bulldogs were going to win? <laughs> no. Yeah, Bulldogs beat Arkansas. Not the worst of the two, Kansas. Bulldogs beat Arkansas. Sorry for all of you Arkansas fans. Um, so the Gators beat Ole Miss. Yep. Fifty-one to thirty-five. That was nasty. Not as nasty as the next game. We have a uh, Mississippi State versus LSU. Uh. Mississippi State. Unranked Mississippi State beating number six LSU by ten. Yes, so that's your second loss because uh, you predicted by twenty-one by LSU for LSU. You want to talk about an upset? Yeah. So that's quite the upset. It really was. Yeah. Auburn beat Kentucky. Yep. I could have predicted that. You said by what? Seven and a half? So they beat him by more? I'll give you that. It's fine. Texas beat Texas Tech. That was a very competitive contest. It really was. I mean, for it to go to overtime kind of shocked me. I mean, Texas still came out with the W in the end of it. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, overall, I mean, Texas Tech showed that they're they can still play with the big with the big boys when they want to. You have uh, Texas A&M defeating Vanderbilt by five. You predicted by thirty-three. Uh, so no, it was the defensive. I call it defensive matchup whenever a team scores that low. It was more like uh, the offense was the offense wasn't firing. Period. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Florida. St- <laughs> you must have loved this game. Uh, the Battle of the Floridians. You have Miami against Florida State. You predicted yeah, Miami. Predict? You predicted Miami by twelve. Would you think that Miami would have won by forty-two points? No. But then again, I should have looked at the way Florida State played their first game of the season, including in the second quarter where they outscored them twenty-four to zero. Jeez. Who do they piss off? Oh, and um, obviously, uh, UCF got a pretty easy win against East Carolina. Yeah. What did I take UCF by? 32. So hey, you you were wrong. On, it was tw- almost on the dot. Yeah, he was, it was tw- <laughs> you're, you're, you're down by nine points, but still. You're right on the team that won. Of course uh, I'm right on the team that won. Uh, let me see. Yeah, your your gamble against the Army worked. They lost to Cincinnati by fourteen. Yep, and didn't I? I picked, I picked Cincinnati by what? Fourteen. By ten. By ten. Yep. That was close. Um, Oklahoma State against West Virginia. OKC smoked them boys, especially in the second quarter. They went twenty to seven. You have Tennessee against South Kakalaki. Tennessee, you said you predicted Tennessee by six. It was by four. So you were really close. Yep. Next up was BYU with oh. Troy. <laughs> Did Troy even try? Well, Troy tried once, but that was it. Well, Troy's also, uh, if they're low D1, if they're a D1, I think they're like a sub a sub bowl. <laughs> Louisiana beat Georgia Southern by two. Yep. Uh, and then, um, let's see, there's a couple more games, I think. Um, Here, but I do want to talk but, about, I do want to talk about that game, though. Okay. Because... Literally, Georgia Southern was about to pull the upset, and Louisiana had to kick a field goal to win. Like, literally, I think there was one second left in the game. Wow. So, yeah, Virginia Tech taking on North Carolina State. Virginia Tech won. And you want to talk about nailing one, uh, Big D. Pittsburgh, you pre- okay? Louisville versus Louisville versus Pittsburgh. You predicted Pittsburgh by three. Guess what happened? Pittsburgh won by three, 23 to twenty. Yep. 
Congratulations, you won a pony. Yay, I have one. <laughs> he's, currently, he's currently licking the side of my leg. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So I lost two this week. So, yeah, 12 and a half to two. That's a pretty good, that's still a solid record for this week. Yeah. Um, we are not going to talk much about week five. Uh-huh. Because the fucking hundred yards of penalties from one player. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know how most top 25 teams have that one team that seems to have their fucking number? Yeah. Anybody has our number right now, it's Tulsa. Oh, yeah, it's, I've heard about this. Outside of that, there was some big battles of top 25. I mean, the first big top 25 matchup, you had Alabama, number two, Bama versus number 13 in Texas A&M. Uh-huh. And that game wasn't even good. No, it was 52 to 24. Yep. And then the other one was number four, Georgia, facing off against number seven, uh, number seven Auburn. I, I hope Charles uh, Bar- I hope Ernie Johnson's just having a field day against Charles Barkley right now. Like that Yeah, maybe. Bro, yeah, because like it was just wow. Not to mention si- big, si- side note. Big on a side note, the we are the best BYU against Louisiana Tech. Yeah, that's a that's an easy week for them. It looked like it, didn't it? I mean, good grief. No, Louisiana Tech is, a, is an easy easy school for a Power 5 school. Wow. So uh, then you had... Oklahoma State versus you Kansas? Of, you had a couple of major upsets. You had number 9 Texas losing by 2 to Texan, Texas Christian University, or known as TCU. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, North Carolina beating Boston College by four. Yeah, Cincinnati, I wouldn't even say whipping, beating South Florida 28 to seven. <laughs> if you think that's bad, look at Oklahoma State versus Kansas. Oh, wait. We're getting there. You have upset of number 16, Mississippi State, losing to unranked Arkansas 21-14. I saw that. I'll save the two ass kickings for later. Thank you. As I want to. <laughs> you have number. You have number eighteen, Oklahoma, losing to an unranked Iowa State by seven. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it fell apart during the fourth. Well, second half. You have. Yep. You have uh, number twenty-one, Tennessee, beating Missouri. You have number 24, Pittsburgh, losing to North Carolina State by one. One. 30 to 29. Gosh. And then you have uh, number 25, Memphis, losing to an unranked SMU, 30 to 27. That was ugly. Now, time for It was ugly. Leading it to a fumble, too. It was just an ugly too. day for anybody that's not ranked Cincinnati in the American. It was, yeah, because a fumble led to a field goal. 
at that game. Yep. So the two tail kickers. Yes. We have number 20, LSU, whipping on the Vanderbilts. 31-7. Yeah, that, that's uh, 34 points, ladies and gentlemen. And then you have number 17, Oklahoma State, putting 47 up on Kansas's. Woo! Anybody, so anybody want some hot? Anybody want some hot barbecue? Cause that team got smoked. Right. So let's see. Number six is we get to start. We start with the meat and potatoes. All right. Let's let me uh switch over to week six. And this is college ball we're talking right. about, people. Mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going. If you want to take a look and follow at home, we're following ESPN's score and schedules. Yes. Um, so as I as I predict them, um, they're going in what time their games. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking about your team first, it's because you guys are playing first. Yep. So to open open Saturday, you have a, an SEC conference game starting at noon on ESPN. Number four, Florida. At number 21, Texas A&M. This is tough because I've made it clear that I'm a Gator hater. Yeah, you've... uh... But I am going to say by seven. ESPN has them as a five-point figure. I'm going to take him at an even seven. Okay. Next up on the list is an ACC battle. Battle of the unbeatens in the ACC. You have number 19, Virginia Tech, at number eight, North Carolina. I'm going to take North Carolina by six. I'll remember that. Next up on is uh, at noon on the SEC Network, you have Missouri at number 17, LSU. I'm going to take LSU by 36. You think it's going to be that bad? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one and one LSU versus an unbeat or an, a, a, a losing Missouri who hasn't won a game yet. All right. Next up, you have a rival game. Yeah, uh, these two states hate each other. <laughs> More like these two schools don't like each other. You've got number 22, Texas, at unranked Oklahoma. So, ooh. I think ESPN has Oklahoma by three. I'm going to take Texas by six. Wow. And the divide begins. And I will gladly eat crow if Oklahoma beats Texas. Okay. Next up, you have an SEC game, Battle of the Unbeatens again. You have number 14, Tennessee, at number three, Georgia. I'm taking Georgia by 16. Georgia by 16. 
Next up is uh, University of Texas San Antonio at number 15 BYU. Is this really a contest? I'm taking BYU by 36. Well, after the last couple of games, I'm not. Uh, that's not an impossibility. <laughs> well, ESPN has BYU at 34 and a half. Mm-hmm. Next up is Texas Tech at number 24 Iowa State. I'm gonna take uh, Iowa State by. Even 14. You got it. Next up is uh, unranked Arkansas at Auburn. I think that this is going to be a test for Auburn. Their offense really isn't playing to where it needs to be. I'm only taking Auburn by 14. All right. And I think you got uh, Miami versus Clemson next. Yep, I'm going to save that for last. All right, okay, I think I know why. <laughs> okay, so up next you have unranked Florida State at number five Notre Dame. This is an ACC matchup now. Uh-huh. Notre Dame, this is Notre Dame's first season football-wise in the ACC. I'm taking Notre Dame by 21. Second to last, you have number two, all uh, number two Alabama at Old Miss. Yeah, Alabama by thirty-two. And why? Because Old Miss is unranked. Why? Because Old Miss is Old Miss. They're a hit or miss. <laughs> I, mean, I had to throw a death pun in. Yeah, you had to. Because because the queen's out here to tell me to go into a corner. As per per tradition in Russell Alliance Podcasting. All right, let's talk about the main right, event. Last, last and but certainly not least, number seven, my unbeaten number seven, Miami at unbeaten number one, defending national champion, Clemson. ACC. I think this, I think this is going to be an absolute shootout. I'm taking Clemson by seven. And ladies and gentlemen, if you guys uh, want to look at this great game, check it out 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time at ABC. Yep. And that is the college predictions for week six. Uh, The big man has an impressive record. I don't think it's going to be any doubt that it's going to continue, (laughs) especially with a couple of these games. But we will check in next we will check in next week to see how that plays out. Now on to other news. Um, Regal cinemas are closing down all over the world again because apparently the new 007 movie did not do well in terms of ticket sales. It hasn't released. And a lot of well, a, some a lot of the movies haven't been doing well, and and they're just doing online releases now. Yeah, but 007 hasn't has not released yet. They're not going to release it to a streaming service because it's a 007. 
Okay. They have pushed. They pushed it back till 2021. Yeah, a lot of the movies are being pushed the, back to 2021. Yeah, a lot of the major titles are doing that. Yeah, uh, Black Widow and what? What was it? Wonder Woman 84. One Woman 84. Uh, Black Panther has pushed back pro- uh, production. Well, that's understandable. Uh, a a couple of other ones have pushed back either filming or pushed back release dates. Uh-huh. Now, so, I, we're not going to get too much into politics as we normally don't. And what do you think about Mr. Trump, President Trump, coming back three days after being diagnosed and still having COVID? into the White House, and taking off the face mask. Well, I, I think that what he's done personally, I think is stupid, but I understand where he's coming from because a certain individual who is third in, or second in secession wants to get her grubby hands on that Oval Office. Yep. So she's trying to enact, I think it's, what is it, uh, uh, Article 22, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Basically talking about the welfare of the presidency, of the, of the president, saying that whether or not they can, uh, if they're competent enough as far as health issues to take, over, take, to take office, but what she doesn't understand is that if Congress and the Senate both agree that for his health issue, for his health risk, that he's not capable of, she's forgetting that it's the section or succession is the vice president. Right. Which is uh, Mike Pence, right? Yes. Now, after the debates this week, I honestly would rather see the vice presidential um, candidates both Vice President uh, Pence and Harris, Kamala, yeah, Kamala Harris. I'd much rather see the two of them run for president. Yeah, because let's face it, their debate, their debate the other night was actually a very nice debate. People spoke their minds. Mm-hmm. They weren't stepping on each other's feet. There was actual talking. Right. One person gave their point. The other person listened. Which person, should happen. And then the other person gave you their rebuttal with actual facts. And I was quite pleased with it because it wasn't a debacle. Even though a, even though a, a fly decided to land on Vice President Pence's head. Yeah, I saw and that. And became like the... Yeah. So, but whether you're... Whether, regardless of who you're going to vote for, just remember that person A may not be good, person B may not be good. So whether you really hate Trump and maybe you don't like Biden, but if you're feeling that you have to vote Biden or Biden because you hate Trump, that's not the case. No. There's a write-in box for a reason. You can write in who you feel would be a better candidate. Mm-hmm. 
I have a feeling that this go around, there's probably going to be a decent amount of people that are going to try to vote Bernie again. But I also feel the mayor of New or the governor of New York may get a lot of write-ins. Oh, Cuomo, yeah. And I am a Republican, and I would gladly vote for him because I really like his policies and things and the way he worked New York during this time of crisis. Yep, where you barely hear about him. And that's the sign of a great governor. You don't, I work my magic, you don't hear about me. I'm not in it for the political, I'm not in it to like, oh, look, the governor did this this weekend, isn't it? Great. No, it's a, oh, well, the governor's actually going through with what he said he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I have to raise taxes, here's why I have to raise taxes. We need to fix this bridge or we need to fix this street. We're going to use the taxes to fix this street. What does he do? Fixes the bridge. He fixes the street. Whatever's left over goes into the next construction budget. Yeah. That's what a good governor and or mayor should do. So all in all, guys, we're going to cap this off. Um, do your research and definitely, you know, make your make your voices be heard through voting. Because like it or not, it actually does make a difference. So let's talk. And please don't win Harambe this year. Yeah, please don't. Um, so we're going to little bit of a wrestling news on the latest on AEW Dynamite status at Daly's Place. Shout outs to No DQ, a lot uh, especially Mr. Aaron T-Bar Rift. As previously noted, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has lifted attendance restrictions at sporting events. However, it doesn't appear um, AEW is going to start traveling again in the near future. Um, they have no plans at this time to run anywhere but Daly's Place because the nature of the venue allowing fans to be kept apart from each other and far apart from the ring and wrestling crew with the large empty section separating them. I mean, that's pretty much kind of what uh, the NCA has done yeah. as well. Along with, I mean, we'll talk more about it when we talk about NXT, but NXT did relatively the same thing in their setup with their pay-per-view event. Yes. But even though the uh, the governor has said that all sporting events can go back to whatever capacity, I believe it's full capacity. Phase, yeah, we're in phase capacity, three now. Um, school uh, Facilities like UCF have already announced that they are not going to change their restrictions. Mm-hmm. The theme parks aren't changing their restrictions, and I think that that's smart. If sporting events were smart or concert venues were smart, they wouldn't go based off of what the governors, the governor or the mayors say. They would go based off of what the theme parks do. If Disney and Universal go back to full capacity, then hey, we can go back to full capacity. If they're only at quarter. parks are three-quarter capacity yeah i think we're still i think they're both still half i think at most uh-huh then we say okay just keep going the way we're going so follow the main attraction is what you're trying to say 
Yes. Okay, I, I agree with you. Um, definitely play it by ear. They need to keep their head on the ground in terms of uh, this virus because it is unpredictable. Even though um, there hasn't been too much of an outbreak, still they need to be. And I think taking matters into their own hands is actually pretty good on their behalf, mainly because they're looking after people's safety. I mean, I, know, I understand people want to go back to some sort of normality, but I need... But we need to stress that we have to take it one step at a time. Don't rush in because, as they say, fools rush in. And this can be deadly if you do rush in. Right. So that's all I got to say about that. Now, let's talk about this lawsuit against Matt Riddle in the WWE. Matt Riddle's got another lawsuit against him? Yes. As uh, previous, uh, Samantha Tavill, who wrestles as Candy Cartwright, filed a $40 million lawsuit against Matt Riddle, WWE, Evolve, which is purchased by WWE, and his former owner, Gabe Sapolsky. This is the... the Jesus, why does he need $40 million? This is the... This is the... Um, this is the woman that claimed that Riddle allegedly forced... Perform, to uh, forced her to perform sexual acts under the threat that she would lose bookings if she did not comply. They probably, I guess, none of us know exactly uh, what exactly is going on with that. So I'm gonna stay out of it until we know more facts. Yeah, definitely. But, but I mean, go ahead. We we as a society have a tendency to believe the women as victims. I'm not sitting there saying that all women who sit there and say, "Oh well, I was sexually assaulted," yada yada yada, were are lying. But. We, when it comes to something like this, and that is, to me, $40 million seems like a lot of money for an indie wrestler. True. I'm using that as a per, I'm saying that as, as a wrestler, not a insert gender here. Right. So, to me, that seems, if she's going to sit there and say, oh, it's because of potential lost wages, yada, yada, yada. That's not realistic. So I mean, a number I, like forty million dollars. Like I would understand. Like a, sorry to interrupt. I would understand four million, but not forty million. Yeah, exactly. Forty million seems like what I've just done is career suicide. So I might as well try to make as much money as I can, knowing I'll probably never be able to wrestle again. Hmm. Because no company's going to want to book me. Right. I mean, because if you look at these these other cases that have either that have either settled outside of court or gone to court, they were never forty million dollars. It was what one point three, one point one, half a million. Now, the half a million, 
like all of those, I'm like, okay, I can understand that because they were bigger known indie wrestlers who are wrestling for bigger promotions. Right. And that's a year's worth of pay to them. It really is. Especially if you're pulling, say, a Drew McIntyre post post slash pre WWE when the man was on the road 300 and 300 days a year working, I don't know how many, what, 25, 30 different promotions right. in a given month. Yeah. Because uh, there's certain where, points granted, where he was... He's still a, granted, at that time, he was a main attraction, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. so he could pull in the eight eight to $9,000 booking fee plus whatever his merch is selling. Mm-hmm. But again, he's a top-level talent. So, but that's neither here nor there. Next thing we're going to talk about is uh, yes, uh, the main event of this room of this uh, news mill slash rumor mill. Uh, we talked about this off the cuff. You mentioned it to me and Madam B. Go in depth about this Alberto Del Rio's recent felony arrest. So Alberto Del Rio was arrested earlier this year. I want to say off the top of my head without pulling up the article, it was in the March to May time frame yep. for kidnapping, sexual assault of his ex-girlfriend in Texas. Well, he was officially arrested and charged with well, one count felony kidnapping mm-hmm. and four counts felony sexual assault. So he, in the state of Texas, kid, the federal, uh, the felony kidnapping carries a maximum of 100 years. And the sexual assault, the felony sexual assaults carry a max of 20 years. So if he's convicted and convicted with maximum penalties, he will be spending 200 years in a federal prison with no parole. So literally this man or this end of this person will be spending the rest of their life behind bars for what he has done. So ladies and gentlemen, if you guys don't want to uh, listen to this trigger warning, uh, fast forward to the superstar shout outs. Uh, that would happen within. So fast forward about two minutes ahead. I'm going to read now from newsforsanantonio.com a report from Del Rio allegedly getting angry after accusing a woman of being unfaithful. The police said that Rodriguez uh, Chuquan, uh, also known as Del Rio, uh, then tied the woman's hands with boxing straps put a sock in her mouth and sexually assaulted her for several hours using various objects and punched her causing visible injuries. The victim does not remember much after she placed, after he placed his hand around her throat. Now I'm going to say this. Del Rio is a scumbag, a despicable human being, 
if this police report becomes valid in the court of law, he deserves everything he fucking gets when it comes to sentencing. Because no yeah. one should have to put up with that. Nobody. Yeah, and any chance that he ever had, even if he's acquitted, any chance he had of returning to WWE has literally been up in smoke. Shot the shit. Yeah, because I mean, you could talk about Jerry Lawler all you want. Jerry Lawler's never done this. Rick no, Flair has never done this. His wife. Steve Austin's never done this. Like uh, this is, this is this. You were you were talking about career suicide earlier. This is legit su- career suicide. Because even if he does get acquitted, he's done. I mean, look at O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Look at O.J. Simpson when he, he got released. No one wants anything to do with him. Exactly. So that's what. So that's pretty much what we're gonna say on that. And you know, Ooh. definitely um, thoughts and prayers go out to the victim. And the victim's family. Yep. Now we're going to move on to superstar shoutouts because we're both done talking about that POS. Yes. Uh, superstar shoutouts time with your host, Big Daddy D. That's your cue, homeboy. Oh, my bad. I thought we were going to pass it. My bad. So, um... <laughs> Shoutouts go to Aaron Rift. Um, let's see. I'm sorry, I'm not the one who normally does this. I got uh, your back, to man. Chico Adams for everything the man's doing in, in, in the industry. Uh, shoutouts to Christian Miracle and Mama Miracle. Yes. We will always shout out Mama Miracle. Um. Let's see, who else do we normally shout out? I got you. Shout out Meltzer for actually doing his job right. <laughs> right. Uh, no, okay. Uh, and, we, and we can't forget the lads at OSW. Yeah, shout outs to OSW's uh, lads, um, J Hunter V1 and OOC. Shout outs to Wrestling Re- with Regrets, Brian Zane. He did a um, re- recap of... Halloween Havoc 95. It is a hilarious video that you should definitely check out on YouTube. Shoutouts to Alex Queen of the Wing, Queen of the Ring. Shoutouts to Figure Four Online, uh, Brian Alvarez, uh, Vinny Verhai, Craig and Granny, as well as G Raff. Uh, yep. Let's see who else. Shoutouts to Noti Q, obviously, and um. Also, I'm going to summarize. Oh, go ahead, Bossman. All right. One final note. Shout-outs to Deadlock and New Legacy. And shout-outs to all the independent wrestlers. During this pandemic, y'all have worked your asses off with cutting promos on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, you guys have worked your tail off to try to get your brand out there. Yes. And now that independent promotions are finally starting to open back up again, mm-hmm. 
we're starting to see an influx of new talents in said independent shows. So you got to keep the product alive. Oh, and also shout outs to the four, three, four. Yes. Shout outs to four, three, four and HT six. Yep. Because the next big, uh, the next big, uh, the next two, the next three big items we're going to talk about are all coming from four, three, four. All right. Are you going to talk about them now? Oh, it's up to you. It's all about WWE. Uh, yeah, we'll save that for the main. Ev- we'll save that for the uh, main event, which will be this week in wrestling, because we got to go through uh, NXT Takeover Thirty One, which will be our main card, and that will happen up next. What time is it? Wrong. Good grief. Somebody called the Bunko Squad. It is main... Sorry, Bunko Squad's not here tonight. Dang it. It is main card time. I want my refund back. Main card time. (laughs) Main card time. Sorry, all sales are final. Dang it. I need to to call HR. Main card time. Uh, NXT TakeOver 31. October 4th, 2020. WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. Uh, zero paid attendance, but there were people in attendance. Let's talk about the set dressing. They renamed it the Capitol Wrestling Center as an homage to Vince's uh, grandfather, Jess McMahon's Capitol Wrestling. Yep. Um, that's just for, for the stage name. Yeah, let's talk about the um, set. I liked, I liked how they had the set. I, what I really liked was the hockey plexiglass uh-huh. behind or behind the uh, steel We're, fence. You were going to say barbed wire? <laughs> I was going to say barbed wire. What is this, CCW? That, that's, no, we may see that in the next pay-per-view. Oh, gosh. Which we'll talk about, which we'll talk about during that. All right. All right, so first up on the card, you had uh, – Singles match for the North American Championship, Gargano, Johnny Gargano versus Damian Priest. Yes, um, this match was really good. I give it a even with the even with the shenanigans. Yeah, it was a very solid match. Very solid. Um, Johnny Gargano is obviously a great worker. Um, I'm starting to believe Homeboy could work well with anybody. And he hasn't really had a bad opponent yet, has he? No. And obviously, uh, Damian Priest is a really good worker, and they pull off they pulled off a great uh, three point seven five match. And Damian Priest did win, which was obvious <laughs> because Johnny never wins in the end. But you know, it was a great way Just to pl- remember. It's a- Remember, it's takeover, and he never wins a takeover. Exactly. Uh, what What was some of your What were some of the good spots that you liked? Well, I mean, all in all, the match was really well. I'm gonna sit there, and I'm not gonna send the outside interference by Candice. No. 
because it was part of the storytelling mm -hmm. and it actually worked well with this story even after the low blow into a super kick yeah definitely i saw Damian it. priest still showed out strong and still was able to get the win mm -hmm. so wait you gave it a 375 i gave it a 375 are you looking at Meltzer's page? No. <laughs> because that's what Meltzer gave it. Meltzer gave it a 3.75. Wow. I guess we are in agreement. What do you give it? I honestly, I honestly I give it a solid three and a half. That's me. Okay. I wish the match would have gone on a little longer with technicality, with the technical aspect of the wrestling. Yeah. But overall, the storytelling was amazing. If you want to get the technical, wait till the main event. Oh, right. Whew. Uh, next up on the card, you had kind of a oh. an interesting matchup. You had Kushida versus Dream. Or Doc Brown versus uh, Marty McFly. Yes, I absolutely loved the fact that, <laughs> Robbie, that Dream came out looking like Doc all the way to the gray hair. Yeah. I'm just like I thought that that was absolute genius. Even though I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna. Ha I mean, that might win him over in the fan department because Homeboy's got a lot of heat on him. Like he's oh, he uh, he walked out well, was helped out of the match looking like the baby face. Yeah, because Kushida was quite heelish. Kushida, Kushida. During the match, Kushida just was violent. Like, I don't know about you. We, ha I don't think we've seen this side of Kushida since he's come uh, from across the pond. I mean, that's stuff you'd see in New Japan. Well, I think it's quite a – I, I understand it a little bit because Velveteen Dream has been attacking this man for weeks. So I can, I can understand the frustrations in this match. So I wasn't too mad. And him beating him by submission, which was quite shocking. Uh, that was what the thing that reason why I say that Valvatin walked out as the baby face is because after the match, we had to sin it because there was a post match assault by Kushida. Yeah. Kushida would not let. What is it? The time splitter? Is that his finishing his finishing hole? I think so. Uh, time splitter homage to his uh, tag team with Alex Shelley. Yeah, I th he wouldn't let that. He wouldn't let the uh, submission hole go on uh, Velveteen's arm. Yep, showing a bit of showing a little bit of dirt on him. Yep. So because of the post, if it wasn't, I'd give it a three and a half. Because of the post match assault, I drop it to a three point two five. I I agree. I. I uh... I give it a three. It was it was good. Um, the post match was a little bit excessive. I just think that he should have just let go of the submission and just you know call it done. But we're gonna get to that in the main event of the evening when we review NXT this week. Yep. And uh, Dave Meltzer put it at a three and a three and a quarter star. Okay. And the last three matches just are were actually really really great matches. Yeah, uh, the we got the three suite of the uh, <laughs> of the takeover. Yeah, you have uh, the first time that the NXT Cruiserweight Championship 
has been put on or has been defended on a takeover card. You have Isaiah, Sur Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Santos Escobar, formerly known as El Vigio de Fantasma. And Fantasma coming out in his with his Mexican heritage and his mask takes it off, kick caboodle. Now this match from the get-go was a fast-paced, move-for-move, brutal match. Question like there, for you. It wasn't your typical cruiserweight match where, uh -huh. as Queen Bee would say, flipping. Right. It was more, I would say, more of a hoss fight. Now, question for you, though. Was this hints of Lucha Underground? Be yes and no. Because of the two people involved? Because of the, the three people involved? Well, five people involved? Well, I'm talking about the main two. Oh, not necessarily because they really never squared off in singles competition against each other in Lucha Underground. True. But it did kind of give that Temple Fight vibe, mm -hmm. which I kind of dug. And then obviously the two goons came out. Yeah, Joaquin Wild and Mendoza. And then one individual came to Scott's to Swerve's help, and it wasn't the person I was kind of hoping it would have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's all set up for his title shot. I mean, overall, I give the match a three and a uh, three and three quarter star. Mm-hmm. Because they both looked strong at the end, even with. Santos still retaining. Yeah. He retained using heel tactics. Mm hmm Which, let's face it, if you're a heel and you win via heel tactics, it's uh, a beautiful sight to behold. Right. I kind of would have loved to see a lie cheat steal kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. Considering that Eddie's birthday is today. Yeah. Uh, happy 53rd. I hope to God that on on SmackDown that they've got it. They've got something going on on SmackDown with it. So I think that would be epic. Yeah. Where somebody uses the chair shot like that. Mm -hmm. But next up is your co-main event. Hold, hold on, hold on, man. I haven't given my rating yet. Um, I like this match a little bit more than you did. I gave it a four. Uh, mainly because, like you said, it was fast-paced and it was good, and I love the heel tactics by Santos. The fact that it was 15 minutes long and it didn't seem like 15 minutes, it made it me... It was really 15 minutes? Yeah, it made me want more. Like, wow. I think this is the I best I've ever... like a 15-minute match. Right. It looked like a 7-minute match. I, 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 would, I would love to see more of this Swerve Scott. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. But I'd love, honestly, I'd love to see him go against some of the main, uh, the main roster. Well, not main roster, the Raw and SmackDown roster guys. Mm. Like I'd love to, I honestly would love to see him go against any of the three from Lucha House Party. As long as you keep him away from Hurt Business. Oh yeah, keep him away from Hurt Business. But I like, well, I'm just mean, I'm, I'm thinking of individuals, not factions. I just said anybody from Lucha House Party because they're luchadors and 
they're a, another set of fast-paced wrestlers. You know who should bring like, him into the mix? Obviously, I'd love to see him go against Ricochet. Uh huh. But Ricochet's already in a program. Uh huh. And I kind of like where this program's going. Right. I got an idea. What's up? If you had to put Swerve Scott on the SmackDown brand, what who would you put in as his first few? Daniel Bryan or AJ Styles? AJ Styles. I think we're in agreement. I mean, as much as I'd love to see him go against Daniel. Oh, Daniel will expose no him. Daniel will expose him in a bad way. And I think with AJ, because yeah. he can work hit, like, he can this work no Swerve style. No Daniel. But Daniel, let's face it, Daniel is at the tail end of his career now. I'm not talking about that, but go ahead. I'm just I'm using that as I'm using that for a reason. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. The reason I say he's at the tail end of his career. When was the last time he actually had a meaningful match? Uh, not for not since his heel run, to be honest. No, the the yeah, match so against the it, Fiend. The match against the Fiend. So it, it's been a very long time since he's had a meaningful match, let alone actually got into the ring and actually had a match. Well, and this is no this like. This is nothing against him. This is nothing against his uh, current life situation with the new baby. Uh huh. I, I understand being a parent. Your first, especially a parent in a pandemic, your first uh, instinct is to take care of your wife and children. Yep. Completely understand that, but he's not the same Daniel Bryan. He's not the same fast-paced knockout, dragout wrestler. And I don't think that he could stand against the likes of somebody like Scott. No, I... Because he had an issue with Ricochet. Okay. And Ricochet's just as fast, if not slightly faster, than Scott. Besides... Besides the striking... Sorry to interrupt, but besides the striking... I don't think Daniel Bryan has ever been a fast-paced wrestler throughout his entire career. He's more of a technical guy. I mean, if you look at him in Ring of yeah. Honor, I mean, he's obviously he's a little bit slower, and I get that. And priorities, and I also get that too, and I respect that. However, um, the reason I say he will expose Swerve Scott, because Swerve is not a technical guy. Daniel Bryan is, and I think Swerve will be out of place. The thing with AJ Styles, though, is that AJ can, can hit his hard-hitting, high-flying moves when he can at 43 years old, which is impressive. And he can still keep up the fast-paced worker aspect of the Young Bucks. Yeah, because AJ AJ was one of the inventors of said fast-paced style that we have today. Exactly. Shout-outs to the X Division. Right. But after AJ, honestly, I'd love to see him turn heel and go against Ricochet. That'll be something for down the road. Yeah, I can see that. But so next up on the list, you have the NXT Women's Championship. Yes. Io Shirai defending against Candice LeRae. There were shenanigans, but the shenanigans paid off in a very comical and storytelling appropriate way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, 
you figure when we say shenanigans, okay, the referee's going to get knocked out. Well, the referee got knocked out twice. <laughs> yeah. Once by Candice, once by Eo. Who runs into the rescue? But Candice LeRae's husband. Yes. In a referee. Yep. Does a quick, like, does a stupid quick count. Eo still finds a way to kick out. Even after being hit in the head with a belt, uh-huh. the referee magically comes to, looks at Daniel, tells him to get out. Gargano. And Io still finds a way to tap out Candice. Gargano. What did I say? You Candace? said Dan- you said Daniel. <laughs> which oh, which I can which I can understand because Gargano and Daniel Bryan just they, they just give similar vibes. They really do. Um, I give this match a three and three quarter as well. It was one of EO's better matches. I agree. Because Candice took the brunt of most of the work. Uh huh. And this the storytelling aspect of it was amazing. Okay. I somewhat disagree. I do agree with the three point seven five, and it was a really good match. But the one thing that kind of killed it kind of killed it from getting a four is because of gargano being the special guest being putting the rough shirt on and getting and doing the fast cow but eo kicking out why not just count the three and screw eo shirai this is I the agree. problem I, I have i would have done that this is the problem i have with people who are breaking the rules anyway and putting the rep like look what bailey did she fast counted uh, she fast counted what Oscar to give um to give um the belt to Sasha Banks. Like I would have like if I were Gargano, even if EO did kick out, I would literally just count the three because you're already breaking the rules, you. you're already playing unfair. So why would you go the fair route and still acknowledge the kickout? You shouldn't acknowledge the kickout at all, especially if you're a heel. You're not straight laced. You're not doing it by the book. You're a heel. You're out there to screw EO. So just count the three. Right. But uh. But what do we know, right? Exactly. We're just life. We're lifelong marks. (laughs) And now. Lifelong marks on the wall. Right. Right. It's time for the main event, and by. Far Oof. the best match on the court. Kyle O'Reilly going up against Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. I will say that this is a competitor for match of the year. Okay. Not just in NXT, mm-hmm. but I'm putting it in the top five professional wrestling match of the year. Okay. Yes, it, Meltzer didn't give it a didn't give it a perfect score because he refuses to give WWE fives, except for that one eleven. But that match absolutely deserved it. True. This match to me deserved a five star because a it was Kyle O'Reilly's first singles competition in W or in NXT. There were zero shenanigans in the match. Yes. We all ate crow on this. Every, like, 
the match itself was knockout, dragout. Finn Balor looked amazing. Kyle O'Reilly stole the show. I mean, I want to see more of Kyle O'Reilly by himself. Yes. I'm not saying that I want him away from this faction. Far from it. Give the man a singles run. He deserves it after this. Let him... Yeah, because isn't he right around the 205 mark? Yeah, he is. Weight-wise, yeah. Let him, go, let him go after the Cruiserweight Championship. You want to make that NXT Cruiserweight title relevant? Put it on one of them. Mm-hmm. Let them hold it. That way they'll be like, okay, we have somebody going after the North American or the NXT title. We have our tag team, and now we have the Cruiserweight Championship. Right. If you really want to run NXT, there you go. But, I mean, like I said, I give it a solid five-star. It left me wanting a hell of a lot more of freaking Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Um... After the match, hold on, see, hold on, hold on. I didn't give my rating and thoughts. True. What? I said true. Oh, I was like, I said two star. I'm not giving it a two star. Um, <laughs> I'm giving. Uh, let's see. I have nothing bad to say about this match. I mean, I mean, it's obviously noted that uh, some injuries were. Some injuries occurred with both wrestlers, Finn's jaw and O'Reilly's teeth, but that's what you get when you have this, I want to say, New Japan-esque, strong style, technical style match. This, to me, I think this is my second, this, this is the second time in history I give a match five stars. The first five-star match I gave was the Royal Rumble in 2020 of this year, and this match also gets a five-star from me, because I definitely agree with you. This was a showcase match for Kyle O'Reilly, and everything was perfect throughout this freaking match. The respect spot was great. I love that. And, you know, Finn is... This is the best I've ever seen Finn Balor. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. Like, yes, he looked great against Samoa, but... He's just not built for heavyweight. No. He's a workhorse. I think when you put him against this a, a talent like an O'Reilly or an Adam Cole or a Gargano or a Ciampa or an Escobar or a Swerve Scott, that's where he can thrive. He can thrive in that class. And Yeah, and it's not because, oh, they're just a bunch of indie guys. No, it's because, okay... They all relatively have the same wrestling style. Yeah. And they're not afraid to, quote, throw caution to the wind <clears throat> because, oh, look, we want to get, we want to, we want to steal the show. Well, how about I do a 450 shoot, uh, 450 shooting star press off the top rope onto the, uh, onto the, onto the floor 
and you use your knees or you try to catch me and go right into an arm bar. That's the type of stuff that these players will do because we've seen it happen. True. All right, so let's talk about the post-match. And then they're after the respect spot. Next thing we see is a certain member of the Undisputed Era yep. being thrown over the barricade. Uh-huh. And I don't, was it, oh, I don't remember who was the person that threw them. Rich Holland. Which is who? Um, Rich. People who don't know who he is. Okay, Rich. Rich Holland was um, a professional rugby, uh, a professional rugby player. He's English. Um, he um he he what was it? He had a rugby career in the championship, making one appearance in the Super League for the whole Kingston Rovers in two thousand eight. Started wrestling in 2016, signed with WWE two years ago. Um, let's see, he played with the Batley Bulldogs, Whole Kingdom Rovers, Old Ham, Dewsbury Rams, Batley Bulldogs, Hawks, Lions, Red Devils, Toronto Wolfpack. That sounds like a great name. But this dude is really this, this dude is built. Name. This dude is built, man. You t- sit, uh, over six foot, over 250. I think Vince will love this guy. <laughs> that's my. That's. Yes, but he is a. Definitely per- looked like a Vincent kind of man. But yes, he is a former rugby player. So I'm interested to see what type of shenanigans are going to ensue. Well, unfortunately, he got injured, so we're not going to see such an such shenanigans anytime soon. Not for a while, at least. Yeah. But uh, what would you give this overall uh, letter grade for this uh, pay per view? A minus. All right. It was a good, solid, good, solid pay per view, but <clears throat> not the overall quality of a takeover i give it an i give it an a uh, definitely one of their better t- uh, takeovers i mean an a is casual for them now the reason i know what you guys are thinking but you're missing two debut we're missing two returns we're saving it for the we're saving it for last we're saving the best for last guys because after eo won the strap we had a certain person on said Tron promoting that she is coming back. Who is that person? Tony Storm. Yep. So good to see Tony and Storm we back. That, and, and we all know that she's a big biker head. Yeah. So and, after her promo goes yeah. dark. They pan to see a motorcycle driving around the building. Because this has been hyped up for a while. Yeah, everybody's like, okay, she's going to come and 
make her make her presence known. Basically, the high bitch, I'm back. Right. But no pun intended. Per a hunter esque swerve, the wrestler takes their headgear off, and who is it? Ember Moon. Looking quite well. For a person who had a career threatening uh, ankle injury. Like, she looks fantastic. I. But the thing Especially is. Especially in leather. But the thing is, it kind of took away a lot of steam from Tony Storm's uh, comeback uh, tr- uh, video. Yes and no. Because doing it one after another like that, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. But who? Do, but like I said, that's neither here nor there. Um, it's just good to see those two back, to be honest. Yeah, especially Ember, after everything that she's been through. Yeah. I'm super ecstatic to see her back. We were A lot of us were actually wondering if she would ever come back. That's true. Not a when, if we would see her. That is true, my friend. And um, we are... Our prayers got answered because she returned. Yep, now let's see if she's the same Ember Moon. Well, we'll, we'll Are we going to see more of a heelish tactic? Tune in to the main event to find out. That is a great segue. Because, yep. ladies and gentlemen, our main event is up next. Stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, it is your main event of the evening. So, in this corner, the predictions for head-to-head um, for TakeOver 31, because I forgot to mention it in our main card. So, let's see. Let's talk, let's see who um, still, let's see who is going to walk away with the coveted W. A.O. Predictions Championship. Madam B with 2.5 points. Agent Frost with 3 points. And your uh, new A, uh, W.A.O. Predictions Champion, Big Daddy D with 4 points. Ironically, you won at TakeOver 30, and you won it back at TakeOver 31, so I should call you uh, the big TakeOver. (laughs) (laughs) I am the TakeOver. Yeah, the last three TakeOvers you won, you won at In Your House, 30, and now at 31. So you got quite the streak going. I am the street niche. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a trend. All right, so this week in wrestling, let's talk about Impact uh, as they're heading into Bound for Glory, which is the 23rd. Well, 24th, my bad. 18 days away. 
So let's see. We had Tommy Dreamer taking on Brian Myers. Dream- Why is Tommy Dreamer always there when it comes to a Bound for Glory setup? Because he wants that big pay-per-view payday. I don't know. Uh, Myers cut off. Myers cut him off with the, uh, his DDT, but failed to put Dreamer down for the three count. He retrieved the kendo stick and swung it at Dreamer. Uh, the babyface ducked and delivered a white Russian leg sweep. For those of you guys who don't know what that is, if you guys don't know the drink, it was Sandman's move where he used the um, the kendo stick as like a, a he used the kendo stick into a leg sweep. It's like a it's like a regular Russian leg sweep, but you're using the cane across the person's neck. Uh, think of my girls, t- Tommy Meyer. Uh, what my, uh, Brian Meyer said before he what is it? He raked his eyes and just bashing him with the weapon. So the pretty much the match got thrown out because Myers went ballistic. Oh damn! Yeah. So we had the Rohit Challenge with X Division Champion Rohit Raju. Guess who answered the challenge? I don't know who. Thick Mama Pump. Thick Mama Pump. Jordan Grace. Now, ah. yes. So this to me is a credible. Uh, this to me is a credible slash believable matchup. Because they're not too far off in size. So this could work. Because what was it? Willie Mack tried to accept the challenge, but he got denied. So he has to face Jordan Grace, and Jordan Grace won. Yeah, so Jordan Grace is the new... Uh, Not the champion yet. This was a non-title match. Yes, but Scott Demore, as he, uh, he uh, was it, Raju walked through the curtain, he informed him that he's going to defend his title in a six-way scramble. Why can't it just be an Ultimate X match? A six-way Ultimate X match, seriously. Uh, he's defending it against Chris Bay, TJP, Trey Miguel, Willie Mack, and Jordan Grace. So, good for her. We had the Rascals versus Triple XL. I'm gonna skip because Triple XL is cringeworthy. Um, let's talk a little bit about Rich Swan's uh, journey, 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 journey to this Impact World Title match. Because Eric Young has early made headlines since coming back to Impact, being world champion and taking out this man, and they're building up this feud for Bound for Glory. And they made me want to see Rich Swan win, which is something I never thought I'd say. A guy my size and my height having a potential to become Impact World Champion. Right. But he's well, been I mean, having great promos. Their current world, I mean, look at their current world champion, shorter than us. True. Uh, the world-class maniac, Eric Young, he sandwiched Swan's leg in the fitness equipment and bashed it with a dumbbell. This was a uh, he up here interrupted the interview. This was really really good. Like Eric Young is masterful. We had yeah, a, I'm 
glad that Eric Young is Eric Young again and not this insane sanity bullshit. Right. He is insane, but he's just a maniac now. Uh, Rosemary and Ty, yeah. Ty Valkyrie took on um, Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan, who are a tag team now. Bring out the knockouts tag belts, hopefully. Uh, Rosemary and Valkyrie won. No, 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 uh, what I'm trying to say. No surprise there. We had the, we had the Deaners take on Johnny Swinger and Krazy Steve. I'll give you a two second pause if you even care about this match. Okay. So let's talk about the funeral for the TNA championship. Uh, EC3. He had a funeral. I'm loving EC3 right now. Yeah. Talk. Let's talk about EC3. It's just good to see him back to EC3. Uh, EC3 had a funeral for the TNA Championship, which he he threw it off the bridge. Shoutouts to WWE 1998 or 99. Uh, he threw it off a bridge and told his blossoming rival to free Moose. Uh, Sammy Callahan fired up Ken Shamrock, uh, which he ended up, which Shamrock ended up beating down a security team member. So, yes, the world's most dangerous man is back. I like this. Uh, negotiate, we had negotiations between Heath and Impact EVP Scott Demore. It went south. So he confronted Rhino and verbally took out his frustration on his friend, saying, Thanks a lot, Terry. Shoot, because Terry Guerin is Rhino's real name. And he stomped off in dismay. So... They're still continuing this. I honestly like it because we let's face it, we all know that, that man is employed by Impact Wrestling. Yeah, they're just um drawing this out. Hopefully to a yeah. bound hopefully to a bound for yeah. glory where Heath finally gets official uh, contracted officially. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen. Unfortunately, I think it's gonna be against Rhino. That would, and it's a yeah. We won't we talk about a swerve, right? So if Rhino if Rhino wins, Heath is out. If Heath wins, Rhino is out. Yeah, sacrificing the spot. You know what I mean? That would be emotional. Yeah. That would be emotional as hell. I can actually see them going far with that if if they if they continue building up this rift. You know what I mean? Right. But who? But who would and you they have? have they, and they do have enough time to make it emotional, and it kind of looks like they're heading that direction. But there, there, you already have top heels. I should like they should build like this is a weird comparison like Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. They should build it kind of like that, in, in an emotional front where the winner can still save face as they embrace afterwards, as the winner embraces the loser. Yeah. So I would love to see that. And we had a pretty good main event. The Motor City Machine Guns defeating Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. A.K.A. Uh, A.K.A. Dollar Store Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Dollar Store Diesel. We love Fulton, but this screams Shawn Michaels and Diesel. But unfortunately, yes, they couldn't does. win the belts as the Motor City Machine Guns retained. 
So this was a pretty so this was a pretty solid impact. They have been um, they've been doing well over the past couple of months. So if you guys are very skeptical skeptical about jeez, can I speak today? I think I can. If you guys are skeptical about watching Impact again, watch this show. I think you'll like it. Now let's head to AEW. Uh, congratulations to one Chris Jericho for 30 years of wrestling. We had a couple of uh, noteworthy events, and I'm not talking about the main event because that was obvious. We had the exalted one, or as I like to call him, the exhausted one, Brody Lee. Finally losing the belt so he can get some well-needed rest against a game Cody in a dog collar match. And you'll love this. Guess who was in attendance for this match? His brother? No. The person who competed in the first dog collar match for Starcade 83 when it was still under Jim Crockett Promotions. Really? Yes, because who who participated in the first ever dog collar match? Oh God, if I remember, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember. Two WWE Hall of Famers, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who obviously uh, wasn't in attendance, but who was in attendance was his opponent at that time. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Oh. Yes. So that was great to see. And this match was actually really solid. And uh, Cody did win back the title. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. He cut a very solid promo. We had... um, Will Hobbs versus Brian Cage for the FDW Championship. This was a showcase match for Will Hobbs, even though Brian Cage retained. Will Hobbs definitely, you know, proving doubters wrong. And I just love the fact that he is getting this push. We had a tag team title match. The Hybrid 2 taking on FTR. Yes, the Hybrid 2. Taking on FTR. They were handpicked. Yes. And damn you, Angelico, with your dance moves. Stop it. Just stop it. But honestly, this is the best I've ever seen Hybrid 2 in AEW. It really, yeah, it really was. Oh my gosh, like. FTR had their working boots on for this because, with all due respect to Jack Evans, he has no psychology. And Angelico is good in spurts, but FTR really did well. I love the cutting off, I love the cutting off the ring spot. That was great. Yeah. I mean, uh, Dax Harwood is great at cutting off the ring. So, as I have mentioned, the dog collar match, we had Big Swole versus Serena Deeb. It's good that they brought back Serena Deeb. Please sign her. You need more talented women in your roster. Yes, yes, they do. Because Big Swole is cringe in some areas. 
So you need Serena Deeb in here. Especially with a lot of your talent injured. So, the main event, Jericho and Jake Hager taking on Luther and Serpentico of Chaos Project. Um, Luther, you can tell he wrestles like his age. I mean, the guy's in his 50s, so you can tell he was quite shaky going up on the ropes. But it was fine. It was a glorified squash, and Jericho won, which led to... uh, the celebration when MJF came out, giving him a portrait of himself, Allah, Rock, and Farouk during the Nation of Domination era, and brought out Clownico. Jericho smashed the freaking uh, portrait onto Clown- uh, Clownico and hit the Judas effect, which was nice, causing a rift, but it was all a rouge. They're still friends, and. Um, they, Chris Jericho thanked everybody, and the credits rolled, and you had Chris Jericho running everything from producing to camera work. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. But it was quite nice to see they're like yeah, Jericho, 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 Jericho. Yeah. And then also, don't forget um, the cameos. Yes, the cameos for Jericho, for Jericho uh, giving us, giving him, uh, what was it, shouting out to him for his um, 30 years in wrestling. Years. Um, I'm just going to go some not- notable his ones. Dad. His dad, Slash, Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, which I thought was great. Ultimo Dragon, yep. who I haven't seen in years. I don't think anybody's seen him in years because remember he retired like six yeah. years ago. But he still looks good though. Did he have his mask on? Yes. That's interesting. I didn't think he would put it back on. Well, not a lot of the people know him without his mask. It's not like Tiger Mask when he was uh, released as Misawa. True. But those are some of the notice- noticeable names. Uh, for their 30 years in wrestling. Uh, pretty much congratulations with Ala video. Uh, Chavo Guerrero was one of them. So it's great to see Chavo. And, uh, and, and I understand, like, people people were um, asking me, like, why some of those wrestlers? Noticeable feuds with like, said well, wrestlers. Tanahashi because he had great chemistry in New Japan with Tanahashi. Yes. I'm like Ultimo Dragon. WCW. And I'm like Ultimo Dragon and Chavo were WCW for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh huh. Some of his greats, like two of his greatest rivals in W, two out of the three of his greatest rivals. And obviously he had interactions. And obviously he had interactions with Shaq in the WWE. Yep. And obviously Slash for music. Yep. And hearing about his dad, his dad is a former NHL Stanley Cup winner. Yeah. And uh, what was it? New York Islanders? Um, it was either the Islanders or it was the Rangers. Okay. Regardless of the fact it was with one of the New York franchises. There we go. 
So yeah, um, this was a celebration episode. So this was a nothing. This was a you didn't miss you didn't miss much except the dog collar match. And can we say how brutal the ending of that match really was? Yeah, um, they pulled out all the stops. This was a very good. This match could have been on pay per view. That's how good this was. I think it should have been on pay per view, but that's me. Yeah, they should have built it up for a full gear, but, you know, I think they have something else planned. Bring back that cage! Yes, that cage was amazing. Thank you. Oh, and also, shout-outs to Bleacher Report for all of these uh, news and highlights. Let's get into NXT. So, for NXT, you had um, an announcement announcement yes and also i think this was also leaked in takeover 31 nxt is hosting halloween havoc and guess who the poster person is the best person for the job shotzi blackheart oh yeah as long as they bring out that pumpkin and have a reminiscent pumpkin set i will be okay if they don't have it, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> we need a pumpkin, for goodness sake. So, let's see. Oh, it's the hoverboard lock. It wasn't It wasn't the um, okay. time split. It was the hoverboard lock. Time yeah, it was the hoverboard lock. We had Kushida versus Tommaso Ciampa. They just had to say, oh, you know, they just had to have a uh, a former altercation instead of just, you know, having a match just for having a match. So, yeah. you had Ciampa defeated Kushida by disqualification because Velveteen G- Dream tried to ambush him, but he hit Ciampa instead. Oh, no. So, this thing is still going on. Why? Reasons. Thank you. Ember Moon uh, came out to Rhea Ripley's aid to take on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. So, great to see Ember Moon back in action. Rhea Ripley is Rhea Ripley. And has been Rhea Ripley since Rhea Ripley. Has been Rhea Ripley. Yes. Ember Moon explained to the NXT Universe that she felt right returning as an, an to a NXT ring after 14 months of rehab. I forgot she was gone for over a year. That is insane. Who? Ember? Yes. 14 months. Yeah, didn't she get... I was saying, didn't she get hurt at last year's Mania? It was before that, I think. I'm, I may be wrong on that. It was either Mania or it was Rumble. It was around. I think it was I around. Know. I think I think it was after SummerSlam. I think it, I think it was no. I think it was Rumble. I think because she came back from Rumble and I think she got hurt in the Rumble. It might it might have been during it might have been close to the summer because she was gone for fourteen months. We're in October, so it would have been August of last year. Yeah, so you're right. That would have been summer. That would have been right around SummerSlam. Yeah, which. Which I think that's I think that's logical because um, I remember them talking about her injury because 
it because also Xavier Woods got injured around that time and he's still yet to show up. Yep. So we had Drake Maverick and Killian Dane as a tag team taking on Everize. Who cares about Everize? Maverick and Dane win. <laughs> Maverick attempted to celebrate, but Dane laid him out again. Of course. Austin Theory versus right. Austin Theory had two matches. He defeated Leon Ruff, but a return a wild Dexter Loomis appeared and beat Theory by submission. So I have a theory that I have a theory that Austin did not do well. Pun. 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 Okay. Um. Well, we had Rich Holland taking on Danny Birch. Two Englishmen in a match that is going to be ugly. <laughs> Finn, Finn fractured his jaw in two places, which sucks. Um, Danny Birch tried to ground and pound Holland, but the former rugby player could not be kept down. He planted Birch with a northern grit for the win. That's his finisher. And afterward, he mocked Birch and battered him with headbutts. And Oni Lorkin made the save, starting a brawl, and um, the officials had to break it up. And Holland was stretchered out, so writing him off for the in- he was writing him off for the injury because his leg got twisted up. Ouch! So we do have some breaking news. Breaking news. Let's go. So, as of five hours ago, they have uh, AEW announced that on the anniversary episode of Dynamite, the women's championship will be up for grab. <sighs> Sheeta versus the number one contender in Big Swole. Okay. Oh, uh, I don't know about this match, but it's good to see the title get defended. Yep. Um, also, according to PW Insiders, Mercedes Martinez will no longer be a member of Retribution and will be going back to NXT Effective immediately. Yes, well, we've uh, saw that because on Raw, apparently he, uh, apparently she wasn't there. And speaking of Raw, we're gonna cap up. We're gonna talk about a little bit about that because we got main card to talk about for our final note of the main event. We had the tag match, as I aforementioned, with uh, Ember Moon making a save for Rhea Ripley, which led into a tag team match with her and Ripley taking on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. Guess who won? Of course. Moon and Ripley. The returns always win. <laughs> Mooning Ripley. <laughs> what the heck? That is awful. <laughs> I like Ripley Moon. Ripley Moon? Ripple, ripple in the moon. Ripple in the moon. You know, Ripple was an alcoholic. Kind of like it, it, it's, it is, but it's also kind of my twist on Dark Side of the Moon. True, the Ripple in the Moon. That that's interesting. Because yep. <laughs> that also 
It's your figure. If they put Dark Side of the Moon, that could be their finisher. True. It well, the Dark Side. Well, isn't that called? Well, it's not an eclipse, but still. Um. So that so that pretty much uh, caps NXT. Yep. Now, now let's get to, to the viewership. So shout out to NodiQ for this viewership, and then we're gonna get to the main card because I know you've been uh, chomping at the bit for that. AEW Dynamite won this week's Wednesday night viewership battle with 753,000, uh, .31 in the 18 to 49 demographic, and finished 19th for the night on cable. This week's NXT drew 639,000. .16 in 18 to 49 demographic and finished 56th for the night on cable. Why the low numbers? Because of the debate. That's why. Yep. They they also need to not be on Wednesdays anymore. Well, NXT needs to move to Tuesdays. I yeah, I agree with that because they were getting great numbers on Tuesdays. Yeah. So let's talk about Raw before we get to SmackDown because of the draft. We had. The leaders show up for retribution, and it was Mustafa Ali. As we all kind of predicted. Now, if they can wrap this up with the whole hacker thing, saying that the hacker was pretty much the lead-in for retribution, that would be great. Yeah, because then you'd finally actually have a legitimate tie-in. Exactly. But that's the that's probably the only noteworthy thing on Raw, besides uh, Murphy turning on Seth Rollins after Seth Rollins berated Murphy. Oh no, you mean Murphy finally is going back to being a face? Yes, because of Aaliyah Mysterio, that little yep. love debacle. And Aaliyah looks really good. And Aaliyah, she's grown up. She looks fantastic. She's definitely not the chubby little girl that we saw. Yeah, in 2009. Where she she freaked out having CM Punk uh, sing happy birthday to her. Right. She's definitely glow. She's she's the definition of a glow up. Yes, definitely. Shout outs to, to Papa. Me, that was the only, like, shout outs to side of all. Yeah, shout outs to Papa Mysterio. He's putting up with a lot of shit right now. Let's face it. Yeah, <laughs> with his son Dominic, and now with Murphy and Aaliyah. Like, what the heck? Well, Dominic, I guess you could say Dominic's flown the coop. I like that they're trying to keep this family tie, but let Dominic go. Yes. Let him do his own thing. And I the think, kid is talented enough. And I think having him with Umberto Carrillo would actually actually works well as a tag team. Yeah, it really does. Because they're similar in age, so I can see the chemistry like glowing up from there. Yeah. Alright, now let's get into the draft. Big D, take it away. Okay, so so on tonight's SmackDown is the, the first day of the draft. So obviously we know the first three picks. Number one, Drew McIntyre stayed on Raw. Boo! Sorry. Go ahead. We kind of 
kind of we kind of knew that was going to happen. Just look at the color of the titles. <laughs> um, with the third overall pick, you have Asuka, obviously staying on Raw because she's the Raw Women's Champion. <sighs> and then wait, 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 wait. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, here's my reaction to Roman Reigns staying on SmackDown. Sorry, Chief. <laughs> so Oscar stays. Oscar stays on Raw. The first non-title, Seth Rollins, goes to SmackDown for the first time ever. No more taking eyes. Thank goodness. <laughs> Then the Hurt Business is going to Raw. I thought they were already on Raw. They're staying on Raw. Good. And then we have the first set of returning superstars. Oh, no. So the first to come back is Kofi. Hey, Kofi Kingston. And after 14 months, a returning Woodsy. Thank God. The New Day have been reunited, and it feels so good. Yep. Now, I wonder if – now, hold on. I wonder if um, Big – I wonder if uh, Big E kind of has, like, a bit of an ego on him after uh, his singles run. Maybe, maybe not. We'll discuss that here in a few in a few moments. All right. So for round two, you have AJ Styles staying on Raw. Well, going back to Raw because he does not like Paul Heyman. True. Going back to Raw, you have Sasha Banks staying on SmackDown. Okay, that makes sense. Of course. You have Naomi going to Raw. Ooh, how are the Usos going to feel about that? I don't know. You have Bianca Belair going to SmackDown. How are the uh, Street Profits going to feel about that? You have the Women's Tag Team Champions. Uh, the, what, the, the Shayna Jacks? <laughs> I just call them Team Knockout, whatever. Team knockout, tap out. Let's do it that way. Knockout, tap out. They are going to Raw. Okay. And then after the second round, you had Jeff Hardy and Matt Riddle versus Miz and uh, the Miz and Morrison Connection. Hey, hey. Where Jeff and Matt beat the Miz and John. Wow. And then some strange music hits. Uh Uh-huh. A really tall, bald guy with a beard appears and beats the ever-living piss out of the four of them. Braun Strowman? No. A wild Lars Sullivan appears. Hey, my boy. Lars is back. Yes, sir. So, moving to the third round, you have Ricochet going to Raw. We knew that was going to happen. Obviously. Storyline. Yes, no one is exempt from the draft except champions and storylines. 
you have Jay Uso staying on SmackDown. Of course. Storyline. <laughs> right. You have the blonde bombshell, Mandy Rose, going to Raw. Staying on Raw. You have the Mysterio staying on SmackDown. Wait, Mysterio went to SmackDown? Both of them. Dominic and Dominic and Ray? Ray and Dominic are on SmackDown. So, Again, storyline. Uh, oh, stop it with the taking the eyes storylines, please. <laughs> what the fuck? Miz and Morrison are going to Raw. I wonder why. Bailey beat Sasha Banks. Well, Sasha beat Bailey via DQ because Bailey was a bitch <laughs> and decided to take the 10 count. Now, leading into uh-huh. Bailey or Sasha challenging Bailey to a Hell in a Cell match. Now, this is uh, first time for because Bailey's never been in a Hell in a Cell match. Sasha Banks first has been in Bailey, t- Sasha Banks has Hold on. For Sasha. Yes, cuz Sasha Banks has been in two Hell in a Cell matches. Yes, and both of them sucked. Well, one was well, the Becky Lynch one was good. The Charlotte Flair one was the the test run. <laughs> <laughs> I am the table. I, am I the, will not break. Yes, in the massive in <laughs> in the massive wedgie, which was unfortunate. Yep. And then the returning New Day. Yes. Woodsy and or Woodsy and Kofi challenging Cesaro and Shinsuke and becoming the nine time W W E World. Tag team. Tag team champions. But they have announced that they are not going to do the Freebirds. Okay. It is just Kofi and Woods. So Big E's going single. Nice. They're allowing Big E to keep his singles run. That's good. That's really good. So this is the sad part. Round number four. Uh, Kind of weird, though. Wait, did you do round three? Huh? Did you do round three? Yeah, I did round three. Okay, let's do round four. Round three was Ricochet, Jay, Mandy, the Dodd, Mysterios, and Miz and Morrison. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Round four, you have Angel Garza going to Raw. Uh-huh. You have Mr. Money in the Bank, Otis, going to SmackDown. Oh, okay, so I was wrong. So it's just Miz and Morrison against Mandy now. Yep, you have Dana Brooke going to Raw. Well, she's part of a tag team with Mandy. Yep. Here's where the whole tag teams tag teams are safe. Big E is staying on SmackDown. Yep. Kofi and Woods are going to Raw. Oh, shit. As the 
SmackDown Tag Team Champions. What the fuck? Why? I, my theory is is that they're going to have a unification bout at Hell in a Cell. They need for, to. To unify the tag teams. Because the tag team division sucks. Honestly, there's no, real sense, there's no real sense right now to have two separate tag team belts. Because they suck. The tag team division sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you have Angel Garza and Andrade compete against the Street Profits for how many months in a row, I'm sick of it. Because that's the only team that they have left. Yep. Um, I also will say this. Congratulations and welcome back, NXT UK. Yes, definitely. Um, Also, they had some really good matches. They're doing the Heritage Cup tournament right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's a two out of three falls competition. Right. You have an upset from Thursday night's round. You have an upset where Flash Morgan Webster lost to a kid. Two to one. A kid? That's a pretty big upset. Who's a kid? Yep. He's one of the newer guys. His name is literally a kid. <laughs> wow. Oh, and the nice part is, is that Pete Dunn got rid of that damn facial hair. Yay! He got rid of that really bad looking beard and got a haircut. Okay. So he looks like the actual. Pete Dunn of old. Oh, the bruiser weight. He, he looks, looks a little bit skinnier. He looks back to he's back to being a bruiser weight again. Yeah. Instead of and you know. And on October 29th, the UK the NXT UK title will be defended. The champion Walter versus Aisha Dragonoff. Ilya Dragonoff. Thank you. Yes, I've seen this guy before. He's uh, very impressive, especially his match against Cesaro. Yes, very much. I just hate those contacts. Yeah. So next week, for next Thursday, you have to lead for the lead up. You have a tag team match with Alexander Wolf and Walter. Versus Dragonoff and Pete Dunn. That's gonna be a scary match. I I'm so excited seeing the European contingent back again. Like especially after that speak out movement, because there's a lot of uh, questionable acts going on, and mainly in the UK when it comes to the wrestling scene, because they are training people so young. Yeah. Um, also, we have some impact news that was announced seven hours ago, and we forgot to talk about it. All right, what's up? It's a match for Bound for Glory. Mm-hmm. It is EC3 versus Moose in an undisclosed location. Well, we kind of figured that. Yeah. So, 
So, I mean, all in all, so far, I'm checking to see if there's been any more updates as far as from 343. 434, right? 434. Dyslexia. So, they Um, just announced nine minutes ago that next Friday... On the season premiere of SmackDown, yes, you have the universe or the Smack or the Universal Champion. Well, yeah, Universal Championship. Yeah, the Universal Champ. Well, no, whatever. Roman Reigns is tight. Yeah, Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Again. Yep. Oh. Oh, and the whole Otis Money in the Bank thing. Uh, Otis was presented. Uh. With a continuance, meaning that I guess he's going to trial or something for the Money in the Bank match, Money in the Bank uh, contract. It's been pro- postponed. What are you talking about? Uh, Storyline with Otis versus Morrison. So, okay, quite, uh, just take the damn briefcase from Otis if you guys are going to do this garbage. Seriously. Like, ha- like, do what Edge did to Mr. Kennedy. Have either Seth Rollins or AJ Styles, either heel, uh, trick Otis into the, the, the relinquishing of said briefcase. Yeah. So that is it so far. All right. Excuse me. Updates. So, who who do you think won the draft? To me, I think SmackDown won the draft. Yeah, I agree. SmackDown. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes yet another episode of the Wrestling Lines podcast, and we will catch you the next time we do this. That'll be a three sweet. We out. <laughs>